Blog Talk Radio. And we are so glad to have you today. We have a really crazy show today. And I'm going to say a really crazy show because you guys know I never say the word crazy. But it's going to be a lot of fun. First of all, my computer has been down. We haven't seen you guys in a month. And my computer is down with the OP on my Apple computer not working. So our guests are coming in as they come in. We had to have one of our guests help us today. And so it's been a really interesting day. Today is World Youth, World Skills Youth Day, and we're really excited about that. And we have a really fun show for you. We have Jay Logan, as usual, on, and we have a, a really nice young man by the name of Daniel Fountainberry, and we're going to discuss technology, our favorite thing, and youth. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to bring on Jay, our usual suspect in all things, and then we'll bring on Daniel shortly, okay? So please excuse my voice. I have a bit of a cold as well. Probably sound like a guy right about now. But um, let me bring him on now. And we just lost Jay. Okay, so Mr. Jay, we're hoping you come back on. Um, So, okay, what we're going to do, since we're seeming to have a little bit of technical uh, difficulties, we're going to let you hear I want your number. By Oh, no, I'm sorry. We don't have to do that. He's back. Okay. So, Jay, without further ado, how are you, my friend? I'm doing fine. Um, oh, just very, very well. Everything's going smoothly. Uh, we wish you a lot. And i um, glad to be back on the show. <laughs> I know. I am, too. Um, it's going to be a really fun show. A really fun show. So, Jay, today, you know, my my apple finally broke down, and I think <laughs> I may go back to I may go back to PCs. I'm not sure. I'm really thinking about it. That's I have a bad a idea. <laughs> I know, I know. But see, you you the one to talk me into the Apple system, and now that you talked me into the MacBook Pro, and I've had it now for years with my iPad. Um, I don't know. My best of both worlds you- would be my sur- my Surface. <laughs> The new uh, MacBook, I call it a Mac Pro, I think it is out now. I want that, and I also want the Surface. And if I have those two, I would really be set, you know. Um, And I don't know if I get a new iPad, but, you know, while I'm at it, why not? And give me a, a Samsung a Samsung 7 and also, um, I guess, an iPhone 7 that's coming out. If I had all that, I'd be pretty happy. You know, and we're gonna You'll be we're really set. gonna get in I would be set. And we're gonna get into technology with Daniel Fountain very shortly. You know, like this open dialogue about just education and use. Okay? Is that okay with you, mm-hmm. Jay? But before we do that, let's get into today's news for the next three minutes and then bring Daniel right on, okay? Oh. So what what is the news you have for us today, Jay? Well, you, you were talking about education and youth. I was, you know, looking at a little article called Outdoor Learning Boots, Children's Development. And uh, I think, you know, kids can go outside and learn. And, and, and a lot of times, like my daughter, they, uh, she's afraid of bugs. Jay, I don't know if you know this, but our audience can't hear you too well, my dear. You're going in and out with static. So we really, you know, it's important mm. we hear your news. Okay. Uh, what about now? We hear you well, Jason. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> okay um, uh, the article was outdoor learning boosts children's development. You know, you know, outdoor learning can have a positive impact on children's development, but you know, it needs to be formally adopted. 
and that's what this report suggests. And you know, I went to a, I was luckily luckily to go to a school that we did learn outdoors, Gail, and it was called Renaissance. And I think that's a great thing for kids to go outside of the classroom and sometimes do their work in the parks or in the forests, uh, you know, in the in, in the city, you know. Um, uh, I, I think, think that's a, a great idea. That's a great idea. Yeah, and so they're studying this now, and they want to have now some of the schools, they want to establish outdoor learning hubs that would help teachers help them shape their strategies, how they teach the kids. And so that's, that's some of the news here. And this would be great, you know. Um, at the moment, you know, they have this, they started part of this curriculum in England, you know. And a lot of kids out there, they get to go outdoors and do the hard. Now, I went to a school girl called Renaissance for high school. And what we did is we the teachers took us outside, and they took us on camping trips, and we learned everything outside. We were able to do our homework outside, and what it did for me, it, it, it enabled me to be more in touch with the environment. I wasn't afraid of bugs so much because my daughter's afraid of bugs. But, you know, well, kids I'm go sorry. outside I, a little I, more. She's not the only one, Jay. I'm sorry to tell you. Um, uh, bugs, you know, I don't think that's from the camping situation. You know what I mean? So we all are afraid of bugs. You know what I mean? So you're not the only one, you know? But um, if you you would tell our audience a little bit more, that would be great. Well, the outcomes were grouped into five things, Neil. A healthy and happy body and mind. Sociable sociable confidence in in person. A self-directive and creative learner. An efficient, effective contributor. And also an active global citizen. So by going outside, you can develop all of these traits and be a better person, and hopefully you can not be afraid of bugs because <laughs> you'll be out there with them and you'll be dealing with the um, the animals and the things that are outside. So I just think this would be great for all the kids and classes. Now, being able – the only problem I see, Gail, and you can, you can um, come back on this term, the classes are overcrowded. you got 32 kids uh, kind of per class well, this, these days. Well, this, this is so <laughs> true. But you know what, Jay? We're, we're going to have to write there. We're going to have to come back to that one, maybe even involve Daniel on this one. I'm going to bring Daniel on okay. now. What do you say to that? Maybe he can lend something to this, okay? Yeah. Okay. Hi, Daniel. Welcome. Thank you. Howard, thank you for being with us today. Sorry about the complete computer glitch that we had today. Are you with us, Daniel? Hi, Daniel. I'm um, disconnected. Hello, Daniel. I think we may have lost Daniel. Uh, Daniel, are you with us? Well, Daniel, I mean, um, Jay, why don't you continue to give our audience the the news while I go and see where Daniel is? Okay. That would be no problem whatsoever. Um. Thank you. The next, the next bit of news, you guys have probably heard about some hokey-pokey business going around. Well, Pokemon has uh, designed, uh, well, one of the parent companies designed Pokemon, I believe it's Nintendo, um, for your Android phone. And it's been causing a lot of stir. Um, a New Zealand man, has, he's actually ditched his job so he can go out and ca- capture... Evolve and battle Pokemon full time. I mean, I mean, this guy has quit his job. Um, he's 24 years old. Uh, his name is Tom Curry, and he explains that he quit his job uh, so he can travel to New Zealand for two months playing his mobile app. Uh, now, I don't know if I'm going to quit my job to go play Pokemon. You know, I, I don't know how smart that is, but apparently, uh, maybe his job might might have let him go. He's going to quit for two months. He's going to travel in the real low, uh, real world. The locations to capture capture this Pokemon. Um, he wants to capture every Pokemon in Nintendo's widely popular game, and he's already captured 90 of the 250 digital beasts. Nabbing an exotic Dragonair Pokemon. Um, I just think this game might have gone a little bit too far. If he's gonna quit your job, I don't think you should teach your kids um, quit your job to go uh, capture these uh, digital beasts. Uh, Pokemon is a fun game. I liked it better when I was collecting the cards. It was safer. You know, a lot of these people are going to different places uh, to collect these Pokemon, digital Pokemon, that is. They're going in any 
everywhere, you know, into the water, running into cars, falling down hills, wherever these things live, the Pokemon leads them. Um, but, you know, it's great. Um, this guy, he wanted a break, and Pokemon has given him a chance to live that dream. He could go out. He probably grew up with Pokemon because most kids from 24, well, they're not kids anymore, but kids from that are 24 or 26 now, they grew up with Pokemon. My son, uh, my late son, he grew up with Pokemon, and he would be about 24 or 26 now. So I can understand some of these young people want to go around and chase these Pokemon. Um, I won't be chasing these things. I don't think, well, I can't speak for Gail, but I don't think Gail is going to be chasing Pokemon around. And um, we won't be giving up our day jobs uh, for sure. So that's uh, that's what's going on with the Pokemon craze. Um, you guys will hear more uh, through your local stations and um, media outlets about um, Pokemon. Um, and uh, maybe you should try it and see if it's we something that... We definitely will uh, try it, Jay. We well. definitely, we definitely, <laughs> Jay, so I have uh, Mr. Daniel Fountainberry on the line here. We had a everyone, our audience, please do excuse the breakdown that we've had today for the first 14 minutes. But we have Daniel Fountainberry, and I'm really excited to have him. He, we met at the UN, and Daniel is with something called Books That Grow, Differ, Differentiation Made Simple. And, um, oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, my God, this is embarrassing. This is really a day. This is Keith Jordan. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> he, is, he is a creative designer, writer, actor, and game enthusiast. And I want you to hear about the game that he created around the flu shot, okay? But we're going to, before we get into that, Fred, we were just having a discussion. So, Jay, please meet Fred. Fred, please meet Jay. Uh, Keith, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah, hi. How are you? We are usually not this incompetent, okay, uh, Keith? It's, it's, it's been a day. So our audience no knows that we, have right. fun, we have fun here, but not this kind of fun. So, <laughs> you know, Keith, we were just talking. Jay and I do a lot around, you know, youth and education every week. And we were just talking about some news that Jay came across that um, they want to start to see what it would be like to experiment with having classrooms outside with students. You know, so that students can either, you know, be in a, in a campsite location, maybe a, a museum situation, where they're actually having classes there from time to time or maybe on a regular basis once a week. What are your thoughts about that? I actually think it's a great idea, especially coming from a background where um, I was actually in the Boy Scout program, and I used to actually teach through Boy Scouts um, because I'm actually a Scoutmaster myself. So I think that's a great thing to do, even if it's more, once a week, more than once a week. So I think that's a great thing. What do you think that it provides for kids, Daniel? Um, it's key. But, um, yes, it provides, I guess, a different experience than just being in the classroom because I always felt that if you're outside, you get to see more things, you could see things actually happening and be able to just get out there and just, you know, be – you know, in the environment that you can be rather than the classroom where you could just picture it, you could actually just see it. Wow. Well, you know, Keith, it's funny that you would say that because as someone who's designed a game, okay, and then, Keith, you're, you're also a scout master as well, all right? Mm-hmm. And then, I'm actually and then, a legal scout, and then I pick up my crew. And, you know, a lot of kids don't do the scouts anymore as much as they used to. I think this is this is great having you so well-rounded, having the experience of being out of the classroom, in the classroom, having the best of, best of both worlds, being in technology as well. You know, well-rounded in all those areas. Jay, what you know, what are some of the questions you have for Keith as well? Well, I wanted to know what are the some of the as far as in the environment in the Boy Scout thing you were talking about. What are some of the long-time risks when you keep kids enclosed? What would, what would you think would be some of the risks when kids don't get a chance to experiment environmental teaching or go out and um, learning outside of the classroom? Okay, if I remember correctly, I'm trying to hear what you're saying, but um, I guess what you're asking is what are some of the risks that they take in the environment compared to in the classroom? I think so that's what, what are some of the risks? Yes, I want to know what are some of the long-time risks 
for kids who don't get a chance to go outside of their classroom to learn? What would be some of the things? Uh, since you were working with the Boy Scouts, I wonder what would be uh, if we just kept kids in the class all the time like we do a lot. What are the long time risks in, um, for their careers? Would you, uh, would you, you know, what your opinion would be? Well, I can honestly say that what some of the risks that could be taken is that um, besides the fact that management may be a if you if you haven't been in the environment before, management may be a little bit of a challenge. But I think that can be also you know you can also be mindful that you know things are going to happen as you're outside, like you know bugs, and they're going to be wildlife that you have to uh, be cautious about. So, for example, if you want to be you know learn more about newts and frogs. Do understand also there are other wildlife out there that you got to be careful about. So you know, plan the plan, be plan, and be able to be cautious about what you're learning out there. Interesting. You know, um, Keith. One of the things you know, Keith and Jay. You know, having a discussion, an open discussion here. Um, and Keith, I don't know. We, we're you know, I know some of the audio today is not good here on on the show. If you could speak closer to the, uh, your phone so that our audience can 100% hear you because what you're saying is right on point and we really need to get your information out there. Okay. Can oh, you that's right. Yes, yeah, that's absolutely. So, what, okay. you know, Jay and Keith, you know, this is my question for both of you. You know, Jay, you brought up a very important point. If If our students are consistently, you know, one time, you know, you talked about the Boy Scouts, Keith. Jay, you mm-hmm. talked about having school sometimes outside. I also had school outside at times, you know, uh, constant uh, weekly, you know, class trips, you know what I mean, or field trips. These things don't seem right. to be available, especially to urban kids anymore. You know, what What do you think, Keith and Jay, are the issue, you know, the problems that come up when the only time our children in urban areas get have gym once a week. You know, that was something that, in addition to just learning on the outside and academically, what are we providing them? Art is missing in the schools. Gym is missing in the schools. In fact, art used to at least be an elective that you could take three times a week. Now mm-hmm. I believe in some public schools it's almost next to nothing or you have to wait till a certain grade. And gym is definitely down to like once a week, yet you're graded. It counts towards your grade, but it's once a week. I always thought that having a student just constantly using their brain can actually dissuade them from wanting to be in class. And we've seen that a high number of kids do not stay engaged because the brain needs to also take a break. It needs to have socialization during gym. You know, kids need to interact with each other. Sportsmanship builds team building. So I wanted to know what your thoughts, both, you know, as gentlemen, what do you think the thoughts are, girls and boys being able to engage in sports and arts, creativity, and, you know, physical environment where they engage in sports and team building. Um, do you want me to go first there or you want to go first? <laughs> oh, no, please. Please go ahead, Keith. Okay, so what I was going to say about that was um, in terms of sports that aren't being creative, I think it's very necessary. As a ki- When I was a kid, I used to have recess and have the ability to be able to go on certain trips. And this was just in public school and, and, and my background in Catholic school. But – you know, I had that those opportunities as well as Boy Scouts, so I was fortunate to have those. But there are kids who don't even have that. So I think it's extremely important that they have that time to rest because we're always focused on having them work, 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 work. That's it. And I, I totally agree that there should be time where kids need to rest, be able to play, or be able to socialize in such a way that, you know, they can actually develop and be a better, better person as a, as a, when they grow up to become, you know, adults, fully-fledged adults. Um, I totally agree. Also, that they need they need that um social they need that socialization because we we have a lot of kids who are either on medication or you know on something where they're 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 just you know popped on stuff to cure when it's not necessarily that it's something where you know they just need to be outside they need to play a little bit they need to also you know know when it's time to play and when it's time to work different things like that. You know, um, you know, Jay and Keith, you know, you saying that, it, it, it brings up an important point, Jay, as well. You know, if, if a child has creativity, academic, and also play, they learn boundaries. 
just what you just said, Keith. They learn when there's a time to play, when there's a time for work, and then the creativity helps them with problem-solving and ideation and helping them also to realize that they can create within themselves. Otherwise, it's just a focal point on academics, which can make them socially inept. What, mm-hmm. are your, what are your thoughts, Jay? That's so true. You know, you, you know, you, it's almost like a coffee break or a lunch break. You need a break in between academics. I mean, if you're just totally, totally, you know, going to be a robot, then you, it's really going to affect you. And it's very important that the kids know that they have that barrier where, hey, I have a time where I could be free and I can study on my own. You know, I can do this on my mm-hmm. own. Oh, I get this time. And 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 mm-hmm. if they don't have that, they grow up with this thing where everything is just work, 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 no play. And then they grow up and they be these adults that are just so serious about everything where they don't enjoy their uh, their time here on the planet. So yes, Gail, I totally agree. I, I totally well, agree. <laughs> Exactly. And, you know, you spoke to something, too, uh, Keith. You know, Jay, I, Jay and Keith, I heard you say something about mentally. You know, our children, especially in urban environments, um, you know, and I think in, in certain schools where, you know, it's kind of faux pas, you know, someone has an issue, um, a learning deficit, or not even a deficit, a lear- where, they, where it's harder for them to learn than others or we won't tell anybody in some schools. In other schools, it's they'll pass them to get them through. And in other mm-hmm. schools, it's just not even paid any mind. So it depends. It, it really can de- depend on the school you're in. And it really doesn't have to do with economics because some schools will just pass you on through because they just don't want to deal with it. Some schools will just medicate you. Everyone has a problem. You know, there's, right. op- there's oppositional defect uh, disorder. There's ODD. There's Mm-hmm. Um, attention deficit disorder. Then there's mm-hmm. ADHD. Now, opposition, oppositional defect disorder really got um, to me because it's you know you just oppose everything. Well, you just may have an opinion for everything. That doesn't mean that there's necessarily something wrong with the student. But students right. are, are exactly students are medicated a lot, and then when they're taken off that medication. They don't know how to deal because the, the brain's chemistry has now been affected. What is it that we can do? You know, Keith, you are in a sense an educator because you are building games. You are a writer. You are an actor. You know what I mean? Uh, you are a creative game designer. You know, so you are in effect, you know, an educator in many different areas, all right? Uh, Jay and I are educators in both academic and creative as well. And the thing here is, you know, here's the question I want to pose. How do we get, especially in urban school environments, there's so many people wanting to make a difference. There are so many people who are already in nonprofits setting up and making a difference with youth, yet we still have the issues that we have in our neighborhood today, our crime today, and so forth. You know, Keith, as our guest, I want to position this question to you. Why do you think, with all the people such as like you, the people that, you know, were in our group when we were at the UN, you know, the people like Jay and myself, all these people who are supporters that are one-on-one with some of these kids that work with these kids, why do you think we still have the crime rate in some of these urban neighborhoods? Why do you think uh, the kids are still not being connected with in a way that furthers their growth? Hmm. Well, I know it, this question I had to think about because um, you've asked this question before in a different way, but um, I had to really think about it because, you know, there's so much that could contribute to that, and there's so much that can be solved to do that, and it's not just one answer. It's got to be a couple of steps that's got to be taken in which it's going to take a little bit of time to actually make happen. So some of the things I started thinking about was like, for example, what could we do to, to to fix this? And it's not, a, and as you said, it's not a one solution answer. So maybe some things we need to do is just have more talks about, um, you know, what could we do to solve this problem? And essentially, just get to the get to like you know, solving, get to like doing, getting, you know, taking action, solving this problem. So you know, when it comes to just volunteering or even helping out, I mean, some challenges may be money, obviously, because you know everything costs. 
and, you know, you try to work with resources that, you know, if you don't have the money, you just work with resources that you have. And that may be some problems with the schools because, like, some are focused on just getting the money. Some people are not focused on, you know, being there for the kids rather than it's more about a job. And that's, that's, that could be that, – that is an issue, I believe, because there's so many things – there's more to it than the job. I mean, I, you know, I felt like, you know, when, when I was a sub, you know, working as a DOE, I wanted to be there for the kids. I really do because I still do to this day. I still make games for them. I still, you know – do activities, make activities, create things to have them have these enjoyable experiences. And it's just something that it has been frustrating for a little bit because, you know, there are people out there that are not there for that. They don't have the same – not all of them have the same mindset that, that some of us have, like us in the U.N. and us talking in, in this radio station as we currently are. But, you know, one of the challenges I feel that's going to happen is that you've got to have some sense of common ground. That's a big thing. We've got to have a common ground. Whether we have, you know, opinion, different opinions, we gotta have some sort of common ground that's gonna help us get these kids to move forward. Because bottom line, our kids are gonna have a lot of trouble, especially with how this world is coming. You know, there's so many things happening that we gotta prepare them for that. We really do. And it may turn out that we may have to unite everyone, not just from, you know, New York, but maybe we may have to go, you know, somewhere else to get some people together, or maybe go international if we have to. Well, that's it's funny that you mentioned that one of the, you know. We have done that, you know. Jay, why don't you rein in on this as well? You know, I think one of the things before you do rein in, Jay, one of the things I wanted to say to you and Keith is, you know, we've been talking a lot, and talking gets you so far. I think the thing to do now is to focus on solutions. You know, Mm -hmm. here's the thing. When you have a group of solutions, you can always work on a group of solutions. But when you talk too much and don't act, it, it, it really right. doesn't, doesn't solve the problem. I think one of the things that we have to look at is a quality education for all. You know, this, mm-hmm. uh, the U.S. is becoming a least developed country in terms of education. The, the, the quality education is not the same across the board. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of kids at disadvantage, and we're not speaking about kids just of color or Latino kids. There are Asian kids, there are Indian kids, there there are so many kids that are Mm -hmm. at a disadvantage at the moment of receiving the kind of education they need. Uh, The middle class is being killed, which is killing education. We say that if you have a quality education, you will also have a quality life, but not necessarily, because there are some variables there. You know, if one of the parents is out, especially if you're from a foreign country and you're based here in in the States, you will have to leave and work for your family, mm-hmm. as though you were in that same country. There are certain things right. we have to look at from a cultural standpoint, and as you said, go internationally. While we find that children from Africa will, will walk miles to learn, okay? Mm-hmm. Kid, some kids in the Middle East will walk miles to learn. Some kids in Eastern Europe will walk miles to learn, all right? Our children have it here and don't realize the importance of it, or, as you said, Keith, they're not empowered to learn, okay? So, you know, Jay, why don't you jump in here and share your thoughts with us too? Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of that. And then also understanding that, that parental guidance is not there as it used to be because the parents of a lot of the kids aren't ready available anymore due to economics or whatever it may be. So the children suffer because there's no middleman connected from the school to the child, there's not a middle person there. So that takes away exactly. <laughs> that takes away from um, trying to um, be good mentors to these kids. So the only thing we can probably do is try to get a army of volunteer um, uh, adopted parents. <laughs> you know, well, that's that's the but that's, that's actually the that's actually the issue. We do have mm-hmm. that. And, and it's still, it's, what we need to look at is what are the solutions, Jay and Keith, because we have those things in place. We have adopted parents. We have people like you and I and, and Keith on the phone. We have a lot of this in place. We, ha- we even have schools that allow us to work together with them. But still, our youth are falling short, Jay and, and, and Keith. I mean, right. the, the youth board here. The United States is the last, the last 
state to do that. And, it's, and, and in agreement with you, Jay, I, as I stated earlier, some kids have to take off because their parents have lost work economically, and they have to step in and work and leave school to do so. And you usually mm-hmm. find that in more cultures, families who have come here from another country than from others, but now you're starting to find it with children here in the U.S. that at 15 and 16, they're dropping out to take care of their parents. A parent right. has some parents have children older, you know. So, you know, I know, Jay, it sounds like you wanted to say something. Please go ahead. Well, the, the engagement, there's no engagement of a lot of the programs aren't engaging. They're not, they're, we're not making it into the core of this, these environments where at-risk kids are. We're just, we're just touching the outside. We, a lot of times, a lot of these parents, and even me, you know, you're kind of afraid to go right into these urban areas and, like, uh, you know, be Superman because you got a lot of other things going on and shady things going on, too. So a lot of parents don't get a chance to really engage the kids that really need it. And so you got, you got the villains in these areas are telling these kids, oh, it's good to go out here and rob, and it's good to go out here and not, don't go to school and don't do this. So you're fighting all these other type of challenges. So we got to figure out how to engage. You know, I, I've heard um, President Obama, he was on TV uh, yesterday, and he was talking about these things, how to engage these young youth, you know, because right now we had so much of this non-engagement that we're really in bad shape, like you said. a lot. Of, we're like a third-world uh, country right now, Gail. So we got to figure out how to get into these environments, provide jobs, rewards, to get to lure out the good kids and lure out all the kids, basically, to do different things well, the, other than just to be idle. It's just to be idle. It doesn't do anything. Well, but, the, but the other the other issue here, Keith and Jay, is that we we're not we're not going to go into any activism stuff on 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 the radio show. But we are dealing mm-hmm. in, in in unfortunate times here in the U.S. Okay, mm-hmm. we are definitely dealing in unfortunate times right now, and that 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 that, that is an issue. Dealing in mm-hmm. unfortunate times, unfortunately. Hello? 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 Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Dealing with, I'm sorry. I'm here. Dealing, unfortunately, dealing in a time when children don't know which way to go. Okay? And and, and, and so they don't know which way to go. Um, it becomes an issue because now this country is there's some people um who are pushing fear out there so that mm-hmm. you know there will be problems arising and and when you arise and you react in anger you cannot think and some right. people are reacting on anger and that's what has them which is the same thing in any other country you you kids look at what's going on they see things happening to them. They see things happening to their own people, they, and they want to fight. They don't know anything else. They don't know how to express themselves, okay? okay. Um, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of the leaders, like the Mahatma Gandhis, the uh, Mother Teresas, the Malcolm, uh, um, sorry, the uh, Martin Luther King, the Nelson Mandela's, the Princess Diana's, we don't have them anymore, right. all right? So we have to find ways of leadership the other thing is, and Keith, this is where I want to get into technology with you and Jay. One of the things I found through, and Jay will tell you that I often feel this way, I love technology. Jay loves technology. I had a seven-year-old go into a Samsung booth at one of the conferences I was at. He was a child of one of the tech people there. He wanted, mm-hmm. to, he wanted to go and experience virtual reality. He put the, the, the this is a kid that's always on his gamer. He's very heavily into gaming. Mm-hmm. His parents allow him to be there. He put on the virtual reality and literally threw it. I mean, threw it towards the demonstration, the demonstration person. He threw it because he said when he put it on, it confused his head. Mm-hmm. Now, also, at this conference, what disturbed me, they had the virtual reality not as something to explore. Oh, they said, don't you feel like you're out there swimming and you can swim by yourself? Don't you feel like you're out there swimming with other people and invite other people? Why do we – now, I say give people the experience of that if you're teaching them a new skill or something, okay, and then you're going to give them the real thing. Mm-hmm. But they are teaching our kids and our adults 
that, you know, you can be out there swimming and you don't even have to go to a swimming pool anymore. Or you don't have right. to go to, to the you don't have to go to the open ocean and learn scuba diving. You can mm-hmm. just do it here. Well, that right. is taking us out of a sense of reality and bringing us into a new reality. This young man threw it off. He said, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. He wanted to experience reality, not the virtual side of reality. Right. That is uh, that is a really big thing right now. Virtual reality, you know, we as human beings, we don't like to be dictated to. Um, Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile, AT&T, J&T, they are all having to actually give away their virtual reality headsets. They offered it with the phone. People still were not taking them. Mm-hmm. So this is where I come to you and say, how far do we go with tech? As I shared before, I think tech should be integrated but not primary. We mm-hmm. should teach our children to think for themselves. So, you know, Jay and, 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 and Keith, I've talked a lot here. I'd love for you guys to rein in here together and tell us your thoughts. Well, as I said before, technology is a double-edged sword. It can help us. It can hurt us. And I fully believe that, you know, we should use it, use the virtual reality, but just as a, as a lesson, like as a, like as a complementary thing. I mean, you want to be able to – the better way to experience things, especially for things like, scuba, your example, scuba diving, you've got to go down there. If you want to go scuba diving, go scuba diving. But if you want to get an intro and, you know, I don't have the resources, I would say use the virtual technology, the virtual reality to actually do that. And then if you really want to go further with that, don't use the virtual technology. Go out there and actually, you know, scuba dive. I mean, what about – that's okay. interesting. Yeah, no, no, that's interesting. And then we want, and then we're going to come back to you, Keith, especially on what your findings are about the games and how they involve kids, especially kids who just you know want to play around in class. So, mm-hmm. Jay, what are, your, what are your thoughts about the virtual reality area? Well, it's it's it's, it's two things. It's great a great tool to teach, you know, because they can kind of try things without actually. Uh, going, like you said, going down to scuba dive. They don't have to get down there and get into a dangerous environment. But the other thing, virtuality, is kind of scary because it gives people, it misleads people. And one good example, even with this, this Pokemon game I talked about earlier, those are virtual digital characters. People are like so much into that virtual, watching their phones, that they're not paying attention to the real world because they're so into right. the virtual world. That's mm-hmm. the problem that I see. And that's dangerous. They're getting robbed. Uh, they're walking off of cliffs, driving. Their, I mean, come on! You, you, you put the phone, you know, put the glasses down and <laughs> pay attention to what's really going on. A lot of people can get hurt. And uh, even Gil, you told me um, you had put those glasses on. I remember like a couple, a year or two ago when you tried Oculus. Some of you telling me it was so real it kind of scared you. You can probably talk right. about that because because mm. um, uh, Gil, you put those glasses on like years ago. I remember you had those things on and you kind of like it kind of freaked you out. You told me. So, yeah, I just don't yeah. think that, uh... <laughs> yeah, it, 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 and it, it freaks me out. I mean, I've gotten used to it, but it, it was good when it's used in the right way, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I just find it to be something. But, you know, Jay, I think the person who can really support us on understanding this is Keith, because Keith has designed a game. And, Keith, why don't you tell us, you know, your foray into designing the game and what you found about students working around technology and engage, and helping that to engage them in their regular studies. Can you share that with us? I can share a little bit, sure. Um, so the game I had done with, with a couple of my classmates in um, LAU Post was called Flu Buses. It was a game to help convince children to take the flu shot. Essentially, um, the goal of the game was to um, help kids, you know, get the flu shot. If you want to see more about it, you can actually – Go on NBC News um, website. They have the article there. Um, but essentially, um, it was a survival game, and it was it was um, you had to get, go through the day first without the flu shot. It's extremely hard to go through it, um, and, and basically, it's it's, a, it's the challenge of like, trying to get to through the day without the flu shot. Now, truthfully, in real life, you know, if you take the flu, the flu shot, you actually you know can catch the flu still, but it's just if you have the flu shot, the less likely you will catch the flu. And um, with that game, 
oh, with that game, it did extremely well in terms of that. It, it accomplished its goal. Wow. Okay. And 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 I want to ask you, how did it co- accomplish its goal? What happened that you saw in the the youth that it accomplished its goal? Well, as the use, well, I was on the usability team. So when I was testing it in different schools in um in the Bronx, I was able I was able to see that with the kids that they were actually able to go through. What they go through the thing and say, you know, oh, this is really important. You know, we should really take the flu shot um, because it's it's and it, they felt it was also, you know, educational. But at the same time, they felt it was fun. They said they kept saying, you know, while they were in it that, you know, how, how am I supposed to get through this day? There's something I got to do. They had to think about it, go through the game again, and take different choices to figure out what could work and what can't. Okay. So they know that to prevent from getting the flu shot, they got to wash their hands a lot. Or, you know, to um, get rid of germs, they have to basically watch what they're touching. Otherwise, you know, because everything's covered with germs. And it's not to say that, you know, you have to be scared about it. It's just, you know, be aware. Interesting. So with that said, with that said, you know, did you find that it engaged children to learn more? Well, um. For the most part, they felt like they wanted to know more about it, more than, um, you know, because, like, even though they, they, they were, they wanted to take the flu shot, but they, it felt like they were more wanting to learn more about, you know, what could I do to prevent this from happening, you know? Excellent, yeah. excellent. Do you have any questions for Keith about that, Jay? Yeah, I wanted to know what were the prizes during this game and the app? What were some of the uh, achievements that you get if, you, you know, you get to this stage of the game? Tell us a little bit more of the interaction of the game, how kids were rewarded going through different stages of your of your app? Well, from what I remember from the game, I think the reward was that once you, you come once you um you went through the game once, you were able to have the power up of, of the flu shot and choose whether you use or not. Now most of the kids when I was testing with them wanted to actually just go through without the flu because they wanted the challenge of trying to beat it, beat the game without catching the flu. But um <laughs> the war was really about we didn't really get a chance to develop more achievements on it as after all it was just a prototype. But from what I understand, like if we had to add something to it, it would probably be more about um, you know, what could what else could you do to prevent yourself from catching food? Because we had things where if you did things like wash your hands or like not touch this, you got a little health increase, a little more in your bar and your immunity, so that way you could keep surviving the day. Wow. Wow. So a lot of kids were like challenged about like, I don't need no free. I don't want no needles. I want to get through this thing without that. And um, did any of them get through the game without the flu shot or they, at, at, at the end, they kind of like, um, you, had, you should have gotten the flu shot. Well, what, what, were there any winners without the flu shot in your app, in your game? Um, to my knowledge, the last time I tested, I, if I remember correctly, I don't think anyone made it yet, but, um, <laughs> you know, we were supposed to balance it out and we never got a chance to finish that part of it. Um, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but um, if we had the time to balance it out, then yes, we would be able to, you know, make it so that it's a it's, it's challenging, but it still can be done. That you could you could get through the game without catching the flu. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> well, you know, our time has definitely come to a close, and what, the, the last question I'd like to ask each one of you, okay, today, because today is a World Youth Skills Day. What's important to me to know is one solution that each of you think will support youth in any area of their life. One solution. If you were given, if someone said to you, here it is, whatever solution you give me, I'm going to take it on, what is the solution that you would put forth to, for youth in any area of their lives? Um, we'll start with you, Keith. What solution would you would you put forth? The solution I would report for, in terms of my field, is that if you if you if there's something you want something done and you want it fixed, go out there and do it. I mean, um, I've been I wanted to do game design to give great experiences and you know help people understand things through game design and other creations I made. So if you wanna if you wanna go out there and help. 
I mean, don't just talk about it. Do it. I mean, it's ask, like asking people while there was and it, a quote I will take from a game I actually used to play a lot was um Tales of Symphonia. And one thing that Captain used to say his name was genius, and he said all talk no action, which imp- imp- implies that you know you're doing too much talking. You need to just go out there and do it. That's and that's essentially what my thing is with game design. I went. I wanted to go out there. I wanted to do, you know, create these these things that could help people out. And that's my goal, essentially, that I'm trying to do still to this day. Wow. Um, and Jay, please share your thoughts. Um, I like people. I like uh, most kids and children to know when you get an opportunity, and you can see it. Take the first opportunity because you might not get a second. So no matter what you do, believe in what you do and believe that anything is possible if you work hard towards it. Because a lot of kids, they're discouraged. They don't think there's a way out. And there is. But you can't mm-hmm. give up. So that's, that's what I want to – that's the solution for me. And that's, the, that's kind of how I've uh, lived my life. You don't give up. And when you, when you see the fire, get a water hose and, 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 and ask for help, you know. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Yes, I agree. You know, yesterday I saw something amazing. Um, You know, some time back, Jay, and Keith, uh, you weren't aware of this, um, but some time back um, I started a magazine, just an online magazine. It wasn't for money or anything. And I wanted to bring people of all cultures together to write about different things. And we're about to do that, but... Um, after I saw what I saw in our meeting, uh, Keith, with the with the young man um, who did that already, it told me that it can still be done, but why reinvent the wheel when someone's already doing it and partner with them? And one of the things I want to say to young to young people is uh, is here's here's a, here's a solution for yourself. If you don't know where to go or you're not in a household where it supports the direction that you want to go in. Or you don't know how to talk to your parents or you have the type of parents that are just like, yes, honey, go do whatever you want to do. Um, There are places that you can go to read. There's Huffington Post team that deals with the issues that you may be facing that you don't feel anyone understands. Go to someone else's parent that if you have a close friend. But don't hold things in yourself, especially if, Something's on your mind. If there is a particular field you study you want to go into, and you're in high school and you're saying, "I can't, I can't do it now," you know, I'm too young. Even if you're in middle school, go to someone who's in that field, not just a mentor, but a sponsor, someone who will sponsor you to come right in that field and learn right then and there. Write down the things that you want. Nothing is too silly for you to write down. And always keep that with you so you can always have a reminder of what's important to you. Because I think sometimes as adults, we tell teenagers, oh, that wasn't teen love. That wasn't really love. That was just your first love. You'll have others. Or we, and that's real for them. It's really heartfelt. That's their first love. So if it's a first love about, you know, a lot of times we tell kids, especially in certain cultures, I want you to become a lawyer or a doctor, or if we're pushing young girls into STEM. A lot of people don't want that. Maybe they just want to have their own journey like a lot of other adults have had. That's what makes them a better person. Steve Jobs, everyone may not agree with the way he led his life, but he said Apple probably wouldn't have been here if he led his life according to the standards that people thought he should live them by. So everyone has their journey, and we may not agree with it. So whatever your journey is, I'm not telling you to go rob a bank and that's okay. What I am saying is whatever your journey is, be aware of it, be present to it, have someone that you can talk to, whether it's your best friend, your best friend's mother, your mother, or your father. And also, if you can't talk to your parents, sit your parents down and let them know, I can't talk to you, and I need to. I know it's not not really cool to tell your parents that, but it can be cool because at the end of the day, they'll be your best friends. And to the parents, Listen to your te- listen to your, your children because they're trying to talk to you. And they may have grown up learning not to talk to you because you're a wall to them. You can, they, they don't think they can penetrate. So that's my advice. Always be, anything you want to create or do, 
not only go for it, write it down, but don't think it's trivial. Don't think if you're if someone is a doctor and you're choosing to be a writer that something is wrong with that. And don't have the mindset that people tell you that you can't make money doing that. You see, and, and the last thing I want to say to society is that it's not the youth that are the future. We all are the future. In 20 years, youth will have to make a difference between taking care of their parents or taking care of their children. And that's because we're telling people who are in their 40s and even their 30s that they're being put out to pasture. So it's important that we all work together through all ages because there is a disconnect in a certain generational age. So all generations working together are important. So I want to thank you, Keith. And as always, Jay, it's always cool um, for us being on together. And, Keith, I would hope that you'd come back again with with a group of educators um, and so we can learn more, you know, about what you've done. Because I think that, you know, in all fairness, Jay, he's created a wonderful thing, and I think there's a whole lot more that we didn't get to touch base with here him here. So I thank you both and um, as with everything we're going to go out with, I want your number by Patent Leather. And guys, next week we'll have a new song on the radio here that we will be going out with, which is Deja Vu by our own Jay Logan, which we will debut here next Wednesday for all of you to hear. It's an amazing song. It's part of his new album coming out and we're really looking forward to putting it out there for you to hear. And, folks, when we do put it out there, we're going to put it out there on a global level next week. So we thank you. We thank the United Nations for the work they do. We thank Keith for the work that he's doing. And if you want to know more about Keith Jordan, please find him at www.kalexjordan.net. We're going to say www.kalexjordan.net. And then next week, as we said, we will be debuting Deja Vu. Jay will let you know where you can purchase the song from. And uh, we're going to do a little something special next week with Mr. Logan around us. So we look forward, everyone. And until next Wednesday at 1230, back to our regular scheduled time, we hope you have a dynamite weekend. Goodbye, all. <laughs>